0: You know, one of the great and yet challenging things about being a priest is you never know from day to day where you might end up, what might pop up and be a part of the day. And sometimes we get to be a part of some very privileged encounters and circumstances. This past Monday kind of started off just like a a good laid back sort of Monday. My schedule, uh, the calendar is pretty wide open, which I've kind of learned I need to be wary of because nature abhors a vacuum, and that usually means something is coming. But it was a beautiful day. We had our lovely 7 a.m. mass, good confessions. We had our morning assembly outside. And like I said, I didn't have anything I had to get to right away. So I was in the school office. I was talking to the administrative staff, just kind of talking about the upcoming week, joking about something. And then an emergency call came in. And it went to Sharon in the office, and she came over to get me right away to let me know that Jim Bowles was on the phone and very frantic because Ruth, his wife, was in the emergency room, and at this point, he was on his way there. So thanks be to God, like I said, wide open schedule. I'm right here. I rushed over to the hospital, had the fastest COVID-19 screening I've had in a year and a half. And within about 10 minutes, I was there in the emergency room next to Jim and Ruth. And at this point, there were were doctors working on her. They had already found out that she was going to have to be life-flighted to charlotte because they couldn't take care of everything it appears that she had a stroke through the night jim had gotten up early went about his business went back in she was sleeping later than normal he couldn't wake her up so he called nine one one. they got her to the hospital Uh, and like i said it appears that she had had a stroke so i get in there and he's there holding her hand i really quickly went to priest business you know and so when that happens and what i do is i come in and i say ruth Be sorry for all your sins. Give me some sort of a sign. Squeeze my hand, blink something. And then just regardless, like, okay, on the condition you're sorry for your sins. Gave her absolution. I anointed her. Gave her anointing of the sick. Gave her what's called the apostolic pardon. So sacramentally speaking, she's all set. Well, as this is going on, of course, Jim is standing there just like, or sitting there in his wheelchair, holding her hand, you know, just so beautifully and standing right there and just saying lovely things to her and the EMTs come in for the life flight who were wonderful. I was so impressed with the way that they took care of her and paid attention to Jim and just all of it was so good. You know, and Jim just kept saying, he's like, you know, you take care of her. And then he said, you know, can I fly down there with you? And of course, Jim is 92 years old and they said, can you climb stairs? Yeah, I can climb stairs. And they said, well, that first one is like way off the ground. And I think it was kind of apparent He's not getting in the helicopter. But he said, you, know, you tell her that you're taking her down there. I don't want her to be afraid of that bird. You tell her that I love her. And he said, We've been married for 72 years, and I still love her very much. Now, to get to see that, to get to be there in the midst of that, and just see this absolute devotion and love that Jim has for Ruth. And I'll just say as an aside I mean, I talked to him and said, Can I tell this story? And he said, yes, just ask people to please continue to pray for Ruth. As of last night, we texted back and forth. He said they're holding their own, you know, so keep praying for her. I think they're still down in Charlotte. But to see that and to hear something like that, we've been married for 72 years, and I still love her. It's so beautiful to know that that's there, and quite frankly, that that is possible because As we look at the gospel today, it sort of gives us an insight that when it comes to marriage, that yes, it is a challenge. And, you know, a lot of times there's sort of a cynical or loophole looking for sort of way of going about this. We can see it today, you can see it back then. So with the Pharisees approaching Jesus, is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife, right? To ask that question, and I'll tell you, I know I've brought this up before, right? About I went on that priest retreat back in July in West Virginia. One of my heroes, Dr. John Bergsma, was telling us about some of the debates that the Pharisees of the time had about marriage and what the grounds for divorce might be. One of them said, you know, only in the case of something serious like infidelity or adultery that a man can divorce his wife. Another one said, if the wife cooks a meal that the the husband doesn't like, well then they should be allowed to divorce one said if a husband decides there is a more attractive woman than his wife then they should be allowed to divorce and this thing is like seriously because when we read this about the Pharisees right we always think oh they were so stringent but remember a few weeks I think it's been like a month and a half ago when we had the encounter with the Pharisees and Jesus and they're all upset about uh, Jesus' disciples not washing their hands right it's like oh they're so strict but it's like they gotta get to the heart right And that's what our Lord wants for us. He wants us to have the heights of love. Notice he doesn't just go back to Moses. He goes all the way back to the beginning. Back to when God made Adam and Eve. And a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. He tells them you know, what the ideal is. What this was made for. And I'll just say as an aside, I know any time we're talking about divorce, I know it's a tough subject. I know some people probably here right now are either separated or divorced. And I'll tell you, we're not reading this to make you feel ashamed or things like that. And I'll tell you, if you're having a hard time, if you want to come talk to me about an annulment, please do. But ultimately, we know that as you look at this, that God wants so much for us. He doesn't want us to fall into the trap of having hardened hearts. He wants us to be able to live out the sacraments to the fullest. And we've all experienced, I think, what it's like when society just kind of assumes like, ah, this can't happen, there's no way. And I'll just give you an example that I think relates pretty well. I remember the first time I was here at Sacred Heart for a mass as a priest here in this church it was back in 2011 so i'm a pretty new priest right and i was here for the funeral mass of father conrad kimbrough he's the only priest right now who's buried in our cemetery this was back in 2011 i'm new at all this i'm over in the office with a bunch of priests who are here to can celebrate the funeral mass and i noticed i had left my watch on so i hurried up i took it off i put it in my pocket because a lot of us it's this beautiful little devotional practice of not wearing our watch during Mass because in the Mass, we're outside of time. We're going back to the Last Supper, to Calvary, to the Resurrection. So I don't wear my watch during Mass. It's just a a good little thing I can do to show my love to our Lord. So I'm doing this, right? And one of the priests who's been a priest a long time kind of looks at me and he goes, I remember when I was a young priest, I used to take my watch off too. I remember looking at him like, why don't you still take it off? Like, it's not that hard. You know, like, why not just take it off again, right? And I think about that in relation to when, you know, when you have a a person who's just kind of, like, burned out on the whole sacrament of marriage, and it feels like they've quit and stayed, and they look at a young couple like, "Eh, I remember when I used to love my wife. Like, really? You know, like, I used to do nice things for her too. Well, then do them again, you know? Because I think sometimes this hardness of heart that our Lord is warning us against, it can set in, right? And we gotta make sure that it doesn't happen, that we don't just allow for that. And yes, I realize that you know bad marriages can happen to good people. You gotta have three involved: the husband, the wife, and God. And everybody's gotta play their part. However, just because some things fall apart. Doesn't mean that what God has set out for us is not still possible, is not still what He wants us to live and live to the fullest. I'll tell you just another priestly analogy. You know, so when I was ordained, one of the two guys, the two priests who vested me, so it's basically like having a best man at your wedding, right? One of those two has since left the priesthood. I looked up to him, I wanted to be like him, and now he's gone. Now I don't like it. It's a sad thing. But I'm not like, "Ah, well, enough with this priesthood thing. No. I understand that, yes, it can happen. It is not easy to live out our vocations, but our Lord gives them to us and calls us to live them well because he knows that it leads us to happiness. And I think that's the key of why the gospel ends the way it does today. Whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. How does a child accept it? They believe that these things are possible. They know that if God asks something of them, hey, they're going to try. Why? Because they know that God will provide. They trust in him. They're not so weighed down by the cynicism of the world that they don't think that goodness is possible, right? They know that, hey, not only do they want to be superheroes, they want to be saints. And that's what we're called to as well. And we get there in our vocations. For those of you who are married, your spouse isn't just your soulmate. He or she is your cross. And I know that sounds like, oh my goodness. But it's true, think about what the cross is. It gets us to the resurrection. It gets us to heaven. You embrace your cross and love it. If it's been a long time since you've complimented your spouse, do it. If it's been a long time since you've thanked God for something about them, do it and do it every day. Come up with something new every day. I don't even care if the best you can do is, wow, last night his snoring was a little bit quieter. Great, you know? Like, come up with something. Why? Because God does make this vocation possible. And the beautiful thing about our Lord, who doesn't want us to have a hardness of heart, who, yes, sets the bar very high. Marriage is a miracle. It is a sacrament. It takes confession. It takes receiving him in the Eucharist. It takes that perseverance every day. But the same God who sets the bar so high is the same God who gives us his unfailing mercy and love every single day, who forgives us when we fall as long as we come and ask for it. He wants us to get to that point that in health and in sickness like Ruth has right now, lines like, we've been married for 72 years and I still love her very much. That is possible. It is a reality. And the glorious thing about that is Jesus will help us to get to that point. As long as we stick with him every day, as long as we trust him like a child, he will be there with us to help us to live our vocations and to continue to grow closer to him and to one another. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.